Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk USA. Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune into Blog Talk USA. Let your voice be heard on Blog Talk USA. Welcome, welcome everyone to Blog Talk USA. We are so happy to be here with you on this marvelous Monday. And I want to thank everyone. I've been out for a while uh, with Mr. Colin, and he's on with me tonight. You'll hear him grunting, apparently. <laughs> uh, and I just want to thank, <laughs> thank everyone uh, for the kind words that you've sent and uh, for the well wishes, I really appreciate it. And let me tell you how you can always find us. Listen to our live episodes and archived programs. You can always dial 605, I'm sorry, 515-605-9375 to listen live by phone to all of our live episodes. You can also go to blogtalkusa.com or blogtalkradio.com forward slash blog talk USA to listen to archived episodes and live programs. You can also find us in podcast form on iTunes, Apple radio, Stitcher, pretty much any place you can find podcasts. You can find blog talk USA podcasts and marvelous Monday under that title. Okay. So without further delay, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. So let me hand you over to my mother, Dr. Shirley McKellar. Welcome, Dr. McKellar. I am hello, hello. I'm so excited to have our special guest, his first radio show for <laughs> his life. That is Mr. Colin. Hello, Colin. How are you? Welcome <laughs> to Marvelous Monday. <laughs> What a special he, guest to have on. He thanks you. <laughs> I figured he would. <laughs> oh, my yes. goodness. Well, he has manners. He'll be running this show after a while. But uh, That's right. thank you, Ms. Rihanna. It's so great to have you right back here on Marvelous Monday. It's never the same without you. And I know Mr. Arthur can say the same thing, right, Mr. Arthur? I know he's out there pretty yeah. quickly. So you're yeah, hey, right. Colin, how you doing? <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm doing this great. How are you all? And you sound wonderful, Miss Rihanna. And I know that you're doing Thank great. You. I, my last photograph that I got, that little baby boy is growing fast, so you got to enjoy him <laughs> really quickly. <laughs> it doesn't take them very long. Yeah, we long, feed him a little bit. <laughs> I guess you do. And it shows. You, That's very good. Well, how are you going to explain, explain all this black kin people? <laughs> oh, he, he knows. He knows. No he explanation knows. required. There you go. There you go. You tell it. I love that. <laughs> but, uh, yes, as Ms. Rihanna mentioned, Mr. Arthur, we, we have a great show uh, to start tonight. Um, a couple of things that we want to talk about before we get into um, uh, the notorious RBG. And we want to talk about her and all the great work that she's done. But this week actually is uh, HBCU Week, Historical, Historically Black Colleges and Universities, just in case you guys forgot. 
And so uh, we just got off of our Zoom with uh, with kicking off for Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Uh, for those of you that may not know, for the last three years, we raised $1 million in one day. And we raised $1 million today uh, to give to uh, 36 HBCUs. That's how many we select each year. Excuse me. Mm. And then, of course, it happened today. So we had the college presidents and our, we had uh, graduates of the uh, local HBCUs here all in Texas. We are featuring the ones here in Texas on our South Central region. However, as you know, we have over 330,000 uh, members of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority across the nation. So in various regions, uh, they were doing that. So we're very, very proud of the work that's being done by our sorority. And, of course, our our fraternity brother is none other than Mr. Arthur Fleming. So, Mr. Fleming, that is actually what your sorority sisters have been doing today is raising money, and we went well over our million-dollar uh, goal. We always shoot for $1 million, uh, but we normally always go over that $1 million, and then we'll disperse that out to uh, the different colleges and universities. That's fantastic. Uh, the third- 36, yes. So last year we gave 36. Wiley College was one of the recipients. As you know, Wiley College is one of our local ones in the area. Uh, The great debaters out of uh, Marshall, Texas. So we have Texas College that's here locally in Tyler, and then we have Jarvis Christian College that's 23 miles uh, from us, us, north of us, and that's in Hawkins, Texas. And then, of course, uh, we have Wiley College over in Marshall, Texas. So we have one of our great graduates. Uh, he's no stranger to uh, to this uh, radio station because he's a regular on here all the time, and that's Mr. Daryl Davis that just recently graduated. And so we want to feature Texas College, and we want him to tell us a little bit about the programs that Texas College has to offer, his, his experience. So take the first few minutes and talk about that. Mr. Daryl, are you on with us right now? Mr. Daryl Davis? Hey, how y'all doing this evening? Very is. Great. Yes, we're great. <laughs> and everybody know knows that Mr. Daryl Davis just recently graduated uh, from Texas College in, in um, May, I believe it was. Didn't get a chance yep. to walk across that big stage because of uh, COVID-19. And then it was great to hear how uh, the various colleges are handling, just like all the colleges are either hybrid classes, uh, online classes, and some of them are actually in the dorms. The only one that did say that they had students that were actually attending college courses in person, and that was Prairie View A&M out of Wilder County, out of Prairie View, Texas, and they only have 15, 12 to 15 students in class. But go ahead, Mr. Daryl, and, and take a moment to tell us about your alma mater and uh, whatever it is that you want us to know about Texas College, because we're now featuring your alma mater. Uh, Go ahead. Well, I I, I thank y'all for this opportunity. You know, it's always a blessing to be around y'all and to be on the air. Uh, I consider Texas College a great HBCU. It was founded in uh, 1894, and I was blessed to graduate in 2020. I called myself a COVID graduate. However, I would get a chance to graduate again in 2021 uh, with my uh, 
criminal justice degree, and that would be a blessing. Uh, the staff is always good up there, and uh, we just hired a new football coach, a former Dallas Cowboy player, or Greg Ellis, to uh, lead our football program. Uh, yeah. Dr. Pennell is our president, and I'm a part of the success program up there, which is a really good program for those who have full-time jobs and still like to pursue their education. Uh, we have uh, the Greeks uh, fraternities and sororities up there, so those who would like to pledge and go over, uh, they're more than welcome to come too. And as Dr. McKellar stated, uh, we have uh, Jarvis not too far from us, which is HBCU, and Wiley, which is down the road. So uh, in East Texas, we're equipped with HBCUs, and, you know, it's just a blessing to be a part of them. Yes, great. And and to give a little bit of history, and I, Mr. Arthur, I don't know if you graduated from an HBCU or not, but I told uh, on the, our Zoom call, and I'm sorry that Mr. Uh, Mr. Davis said I didn't even get that information to you so that you could have joined us at 630 uh, to be on. Uh-huh. But after listening to all of the colleges, there was Prairie View A&M, there's Texas Southern University, uh, Southwestern Christian College in Terrell, Texas. There was Texas College, Jarvis Christian College. There was um, Wiley College. And then there was Paul Quinn College. And uh, listening to all of them, and I, I never have the opportunity to attend an HBCU, even though I I dedicate a lot of my time to Texas College. I dedicate a lot of my time to, obviously, Southwestern Christian College because that is a Church of Christ school. I am Church of Christ, and so I support uh, that college. My husband uh, is a graduate of Southwestern Christian College. My daughter is a graduate of Southwestern Christian College. Uh, and so, therefore, I, I, a lot of our resources go to uh, those colleges. And so, But I loved everything that they had to say. And for the people who really don't know and understand uh, HBCUs and how they were started, uh, African-American students in the 1800s were not allowed uh, to go to the, quote-unquote, the uh, white colleges. And so our ancestors uh, who had the intestinal fortitude to think outside of the box and say we have to find a way uh, to educate our students. Texas College's motto says give the people light and they will find their way. I love that. I love that. And so, so the school started out in old school houses. They started out in people's homes. Uh, they would take teach classes there in church basements wherever they could go in order to make sure that they brought the students together and educated them. All of this took place after the Civil War, as you know. So, Mr. Davis, we congratulate you on the hard work that you've done, graduated 4.0. And for those those people that don't know, that's uh, uh, summa cum laude. And so you hear a lot of people say, well, I graduated summa cum laude. Some say I graduated magna cum laude. And then you hear others say, well, I graduated thank you, laude. But however you graduated, <laughs> you graduated. Well, you know, uh, we just hope we can keep up our GPA. You know, everything is online right now. And I'm getting ready to head back to the house now to do some homework, right? Yeah. Uh, a friend yeah. of mine, uh, we went out to eat, and uh, we're getting ready to head back in. I, I'm just grateful for the opportunity to share my institution sure. with people. Yeah. Just so now. any final comments on anything in regards to, to your campus? What drove you toward Texas College? 
Well, uh, I always want to uh, attend HBCU, and Texas College is in my backyard, right? It's literally it. about three that's blocks away. And right. uh, I remember going up there when I was a boxer, and we used to box behind the old gym that they had up there. And I was always attracted to Texas College. So it wasn't a, a, a tough choice for me to make Very when good. I decided to go back to school, right? And they gave me right. the opportunity to go to school and work full time. Very good. Did, 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 Very did, good. did you participate in that Greek life when you were there? Uh, no, sir, I didn't. You didn't? <laughs> You sounded kind of too great. I thought maybe you got in it. <laughs> I, I, you said I need to uh, join something? Well, well, his focus, actually, I can tell you that Mr. Davis's focus right now is his, is his coursework. <laughs> but the great part about Greeks, you can always cross in graduate school, graduate chapters and graduate schools and yeah. all of that. So so that's, that's his focus is focusing on that piece, yeah, I'm trying to get my degree at the moment. <laughs> yeah, that's, yes, that's right. Yes. Understandable. Well, we thank you, Mr. David, for coming on and talking about it. And I, too, no. agree, even though I never had the opportunity, uh, I never took an opportunity to go to uh, an HBCU. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, what, I, what I can tell you is that when I was growing up and watching uh, the Texas College Band and watching the uh, the majorettes, uh, and then I was telling them on on the call that I never attended at HBCU, but the closest I got was going to majorette camp in my junior year of high school at Prairie View A&M University. So uh, they always had something out. You know, remember Miss Newberry? Remember, I'm, I'm going to give some good news about. I'm going to give some good news about about the HBCU okay. right now. You have okay, the number ahead. one college high school basketball player in the country. Uh, decide to uh, withdraw his offer from a D1 to go to uh, HBCU. And from what I understand, Deion Sanders is supposed to take a head football coaching job in Texas State. So uh, we're going yeah. to get ready to come back on the ride there you right go. now. <laughs> yes, and as far as I'm so, concerned, that's, and that's a beautiful never, thing. It is a beautiful thing. And as far as I'm concerned, HBCUs never win any place anyway. And we're just getting yeah. that notoriety that they always had. It's coming back around, and, and that is what's happening. And it's great to have uh, Greg Ellis here as your uh-huh. head coach of football at Texas College. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right here, right here well, for, the record, for the record, I tried to go to two different HBCUs. I tried to go to Texas Southern, and I never heard back from them. And then after I got the military, I tried to go to uh, I was gonna go to Grambling, but the amount of state fees got me. I said, ah, nah. So anyway, <laughs> I went to East Texas yeah. State. Anyway, I went to East Texas well, State, and I graduated as soon as I could, Laudy. <laughs> okay, that's what's up. So where did well, you? Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad y'all had me on. We're gonna get ready to get up out of here. Yes. Okay. Well, we uh, thank you for uh, for being on, Mr. Davis, yes, and talking thank y'all about. For Yes, okay. So we're moving it's right along. It's always a pleasure. All right, then. Always a pleasure. Y'all be blessed now. Okay. Yes, thank you so much. Okay, so we wanted to uh, cover that HBCU a little bit, Ms. Rihanna and Mr. Um, Arthur, before we actually get into uh, the other parts of our show. Um, let me tell you, this has been some kind of week. Um, we were in our meeting 
one of our meetings, um, Tyler, Unite Tyler on Friday evening. And so uh, I serve uh, presently as their interim secretary until they can get another one. So I was busy taking notes, right? And so as I was busy taking notes, um, all of a sudden my, my phone just started having text message after text message after text message. It was just beeping, beeping, beeping. And then I decided to look and see what all the texting was about. And people were calling with, uh, with upset and anger and sad and, and, oh, just all kinds of emotions about uh, the demise of uh, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So with that being said, this show tonight is, is absolutely in her honor on um, Saturday night, we were downtown Tyler, which we uh, had the opportunity to honor her uh, in, in a beautiful uh, event. And what was troubling for me was that the flag was not at half staff. And I didn't quite understand why that flag uh, was not at half staff. But at any rate, I reflected back to, and, and this is a, this was my claim to fame for for the justice guys. My partners and I, my partners out of uh, Kansas City, Kansas, and I were at the Pentagon back in 20, I think it was 2010. And Sotomayor actually had just uh, come, on to, come on to the justice. And so we were there at the Pentagon talking to the uh, director of the procurement uh, division, working on trying to get some of that procurement uh, down to more African-American businesses, uh, lots of 501Cs. And so that's that's why we were there. So we left out of the office uh, with the director of of the procurement uh, division, and we were heading down to the cafeteria, in uh, in the Pentagon to get a grab a bite to eat uh, before we went back and to continue our meetings and and all of that and so we were just walking along the way in the hallway and uh, one of my partners was was having a deep dialogue conversation and so I was actually a part of that conversation until I looked up down the hallway I saw this tall lady and this very short lady and I recognized the two of those ladies anywhere, everywhere. That was uh, Sotomayor and and Ruth, Justice wow. Ruth, and that's what had a lot of her. And let me tell you guys, I forgot all about that I was in that professional setting, and I took off <laughs> running down that hallway to meet those two ladies and introduce myself. I bet. To them, yes, and so they were the kindest, both of them. I mean, Justice Ginsburg, the little bitty. I don't even know if she was four. If she was four eleven, I mean, that was she was probably next to my grandmother was the shortest person, woman I don't think I've ever seen. And then Sotomayor was a, oh. a bigger woman. She was taller, so it was like, oh my goodness. And I asked, could I take a picture with them? And they were just nice. 
they, you know, they treated wow. me just like I was one of them. I mean, you know, they just, mm-hmm. it was just, it was humbling. And I have gone through old telephones and looked and looked and trying my best to find that picture. Somewhere, oh. I will not stop until I find that picture. I have, you know how you keep, you have old phones and you keep them around. And so I've charged mm-hmm. up phones and, oh, my goodness, trying profusely to find that. that do you know that, what kind of history to have those two ladies together? And we That's talked amazing. about the Lily Ledbetter Act that she was working on. So let's talk about Justice Ginsburg, and what actually we see that may be happening in our country since she's gone. So, Mr. Arthur, jump in there, and then we'll let Miss Rihanna jump in whenever. But uh, what was your feeling when you heard this? I know you texted me. You were one of my texts as well, Mr. Arthur. How are you mm-hmm. feeling today about all this? Well, 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 my whole thing was, uh, well, they let her at least get at least get warm. The woman couldn't even get warm, yeah. Let alone cold before they was all up over it. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so now, now again, like say, you know, the, you know, you know, he didn't call a woman's daughter a lie, a granddaughter a liar. Granddaughter. That's so anyway, right. so you know, so the you know, so the you know, so the carnage has begun. But like I say, but but I say, but I think they don't, they 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 made those step in their hand this time. So we gonna see. I heard they got, they, they got different scenarios. They said, well, first let's win the Senate. We win the Senate. We're gonna look at this out of game play. We're gonna look at expanding the Supreme Court to like maybe fifteen people, and then that yeah. way, uh, in the future, you have to worry about it. if one person die, the whole court going to a you know what I mean. To a whole yeah. thing like right, you know, you got right here. So anyway, so it's so the politics being played. I just kind of kept TV off for a while. I really want to, you know, I didn't want to see the sausage being made, you know. So uh, you know, but now you know, I I, I start kind of like looking since I kind of see what they're gonna do. So anyway, you know, mm-hmm. again, you know, it's bad as we thought. Uh, you know, it just comes down to getting people out the boat. Uh, you know, and so you know, we're working hard up here in the. North Texas, I'm sure y'all worked hard down there. Uh, they try some of the Senate stuff up now because of it. You know, now they're going to have to go on the record. Susan Kyle and Murkowski, they said that, that they, you know, they're not for it. Uh, there's a possibility we could win Arizona and one of the seats in Georgia. And uh, that would, uh, and then on November 30th, they would be senators. So, uh, that would uh, mean that we really need only two. Uh, let's see, what was that, two? Then we need two, yeah. So, 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 so actually, you know, and you know, maybe one more. So basically, you know, it's kind of up in the air. The politics being played. Poll says the Republicans are split. Democrats, eighty percent, sixty-two percent of people say wait till after the election or wait till the next president's uh, sworn in. So you know, uh, you know, they lied, whatever. So now, okay, we're just gonna watch, you know, watch it play out. But. uh but it's definitely a big loss, you know. I wish, you know, like you know, uh, I was hoping she would retire while Obama was in there, but you know, she said she hang out, so you know, this side went. So uh, right. we're gonna see how I go. Right. Okay. Well, Miss Rihanna, what what are what are your thoughts? What were you feeling uh, when you heard this jurist being taken away from us? Well, 
uh, devastated. Um, yeah. First and foremost, because um, it's it's not the most common thing in the world for us women to have women like her to look up to. Yeah. Um, there aren't there aren't too many of you for us to look up to, and and it's a tragedy uh, yeah. to lose such a giant. It's a tragedy that my daughters only had this small amount of time to have her to look up to. Um, yeah. Her legacy is amazing, though, and, um, of course, I'll take it as part of my job and as part of their jobs to make sure that future generations know exactly who she was and what she means to this country uh, and will continue to mean. Um, it's just, it's, we've been talking about for a long time um, what we are going through now and what we're getting ready to go through. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're losing a lot of people, all of us, just in our lives in general. And yeah. uh, collectively, this country, we're losing a lot of giants. We've lost um, John Lewis, Elijah Cummings, um, you know, so many good people, statesmen and women, um, who mean so very much to this country. We're, we're losing them too fast and too many. And um, it's just, this is going to be a really difficult time for all of us and for us as a country to get through, but it's important that we get through it. And it's important that we never, ever lose sight of why these people are important. Um, And one of the things that my mom said to me when she called me, she said, you know, um, she said, when I was um, 27 years old, I was divorcing a man who had been, Sponging off of me <laughs> for years and and doing nothing, and I had three kids, and I got a I was finally uh, graduating from college and getting off on my own, uh, and you know ditching him and getting rid of him, and I got a sure. phone call from my insurance company that they were dropping me because I was no longer a married woman. And they were recalibrating wow. everything, and it was going to be more expensive. And it's not like that anymore. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg is a big part of the reason why it's not like that anymore. And she was crying. <laughs> yeah, when she told me she was crying. And um, and she said, and I have a lot more stories like that of just myself as a, as a woman and for a time as a single mother and for someone who, because of affirmative action, has a college degree, um, and because, you know, all these different things, and I can point to exactly how Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, is one of the women who I owe all of that to. So uh, she just, she means a lot to a lot of people, and she means a lot to this country. Beautiful, beautiful point. You know, on Saturday... Miss Rihanna and, and Mr. Arthur, when I was speaking there on the courthouse square and I looked up and that flag was not Lord, and then I remembered her story 
uh, she had some amazing yeah. stories. And now we're talking about a brilliant woman, right? She graduated uh, mm-hmm. at the top of her class from high school. She graduated at the top of her class in law school, number one. Yeah. And she, um, she, was, she was a Jewish woman. And she woman. had a child at the, at and the she time. Had a ch- she and a mother. she had a child. That's right. She was a, she was a mother. And the interesting part was that that I said to them, and 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 I made the front page of the newspaper because I really spoke from my heart about this. And I said, now, now Ruth Bader Ginsburg was a Caucasian woman, but even though she was of of a Jewish faith, Jewish religion, but look how she was treated. Uh, when, yeah. when she graduated number one from Columbia Law School. Number one, That's Columbia. Right. That's one of the tough schools in the nation. And then she couldn't get a job, a decent job. And then when she did right. get a job, she made. She found out she made a lot less than her counterparts, her white counterparts that were standing beside her. So I said to them on Saturday night, if if Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg went through with what she went through with. As a black woman, I'm not surprised that people try to throw roadblocks uh, in your way. But she had that tenacity. She did not stop. She did not give up. She kept pushing forward. And people don't even realize and understand the work that she's placed here. They don't even know many people. And Miss Rihanna can tell you this, Mr. Arthur, one of my platforms was the Lily Ledbetter Act. And right. so she thought that we would have women would have equal pay for equal work. And Lily Ledbetter right. came on. She's been on television several times. I don't know if you guys have seen her or not. Talking about the honor. Can you imagine that you get to live and have your name attached to a bill such as the Lily Ledbetter Act? Right. Powerful. And that's what right. uh, Justice Ginsburg fought for. She fought for equal rights uh, on the Supreme Court. Justice. She was just successful in fighting against the odds. And so that's why mm-hmm. it's so important for us to replace someone just like her. Uh, on nice. that court, and as Mr. Arthur says, so we can we can have even more people. So dialogue a little bit on that, mm-hmm. Mr. Arthur. I know that that's been a discussion of of having more jurors on the uh, Supreme Court. Uh, I got one for them. Let's send Stacy Williams on up there from mm-hmm. Texas. We're pushing to put her on the Supreme oh, Court yeah. for the state state of Texas, right? Yeah, let's push her on up there. Go ahead, Mr. Arthur. Well, it's unfortunate. Well, it's unfortunate that we need a Lily that we even need a Lily Ledbetter Act. Just like you said, basically yeah. just meant that women were paid less than men, and then and then you add black women, so you know y'all getting paid less mm-hmm. than that, even less and than so, that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and, and the whole system. Look here, and, and, and the weird part I can't understand is: look, men are married to women, uh, right? I think you would want your woman to make as much money as a man. Right. You have more money coming in the household, right? So you say, right. well, if that's the case, then, then, then what's that about? Well, it's about white male privilege. So, so you know, because mm-hmm. the system was built on that for the last, you know, four hundred plus years. So basically, basically, all it's about white male privilege. That's why, remember, until recently, uh, if, if a congressman harassed an intern or something or whatever, rape or whatever. 
she had to go through a six-month counseling, and she couldn't say nothing. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like yeah. the same thing that Trump and do when they pay off women, right? Same thing. They, you know, yeah. stigmatize one and then scoot them on out the door. Yeah, so I'm saying you got stuff like that that's systematic mm-hmm. within the system that supports that kind of misogynistic behavior, right, left over from slavery time. <clears throat> and so yeah. basically, you know, so that's what we're fighting against. So, uh, you know, she knew it, uh, you know, but remember she was a Jewish lady. So, you know, they yeah. knew she was a Jewish lady. So, you know, that was yeah. uh, that's one of the, that made it extra hard for her to fight against it. But like I said, you know, she persisted. And so, and she was mm-hmm. successful in her persistence. And like I say, you know, the nation is better for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. she she was amazing, um, and and, and it's it's amazing how that why was it important for people to look at your religious background and decide that they don't want you in certain positions? I I haven't I haven't been able to figure <laughs> that out. Maybe there's something that I'm missing in regards to maybe it was was it their beliefs that I don't know. You, you, well, well let me, me. Say this, let me say this. Let's talk about stuff like that. Now, what I advise people to do is, don't try to figure it out. It's a black hole. Just, just <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it mm-hmm. is. You got to accept it for what it is. We're trying to make it something it ain't. What you see, that's what that is. So just accept yeah. it, and then, mm-hmm. and then, like, see what you need to do, you know, to get around it. But to try to figure out what, what is that? You know, hey, it's, you know, it is what it is. It's, you know, you know, we know what it is. We've been looking at it forever. Mm-hmm. We feel it every day. Yeah. So we. Well, I'm so not. I'm not going to accept it, but but okay. But no, I'll I didn't take say one part it. of that. I didn't say it. Oh, I didn't say it. Oh, I didn't say. I didn't say swallow it. I said. I said just know that that's what it is. To try to figure out what it is, you already already know. Well, you know why is that? Now, that's a black hole. is all I'm saying. When you go in. When you go try to figure out something in a black hole, it's just dark in there. Right. <laughs> you'll never get an answer. Yeah, he said it's dark in there. <laughs> yeah, and you'll never get an answer. So I'm telling you, don't go in there. Don't right. go in there. It is what it is. You know, that's what it is. It's part of the system that we're in. It's part of the mosaic of the American system. We're striving to become a more perfect union, so forth and so on. So this is part of becoming more perfect union. Remember, we're in a, we're in a change moment. This is a change moment. Everything mm-hmm. crazy when stuff changing. And then it's yeah. going to lock back together. It's going to lock down at some point. When it's locked down, it's going to be that way for another 50 years. So mm-hmm. right now, you know, just accept for what it is and just understand you're in a, you know, you're in a change moment. And so sometimes right. you just think they figure right. it out. You just got to just, you know, you know, go by your uh, morals and your, you know, what you think the world ought to look like and then just act mm-hmm. on that. Right. That's true. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, as you said, we're going to miss her, and uh, unfortunately, yeah. uh, it's yeah. like that. But let's move to uh, those people who are in the Senate, and let's talk a little bit about that. was one person that said, well, let's, let's back up. Let's go back to President Obama being in office, and we know that uh, we lost uh, uh, Scalia. Was that correct? Mm-hmm. During President Obama's yeah. time? Anthony Scalia. Okay, so we lost mm-hmm. him, and with so almost two hundred days left of President there Obama's you, administration. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yep. So tell us what happened, Ms. Rihanna. Then uh, that two hundred days—that's a long, pretty, pretty long time, right? So now with just uh, Ginsburg, 
That's right. There you go. Almost a year. So uh, Justice Ginsburg, 48 days or so before election. Go ahead, Ms. Rihanna. Go ahead. Right. Well, I want to point out two things. First of all, uh, at the time that Ruth Bader Ginsburg was um, nominated and uh, took her seat on the Supreme Court, um, Bill Clinton nominated her Mm -hmm. and the Senate confirmed her. She was considered um, a very moderate voice. There's nothing radical about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. There's nothing radical about her views. She's not, um, you know, a a raging lefty or anything like that. It's that the court and the right wing has moved further and further and further into crazy town. It is not that Ruth Bader Ginsburg became some raging liberal. Her views and her decisions were not crazy, extreme liberal. They were moderate and normal. There's nothing radical about uh, equality. There's nothing radical about any of that stuff. So just to point point that out, when you're going to hear a lot of garbage coming out of these people. Rihanna, Rihanna, name some of the stuff they call that, that, that's called radical. I mean, just name some of it. The Lily Ledbetter Act. I'll name one. I'll name one. Wait, wait. Equality for all mankind. What's good for the good is good for the good. Yeah, real, real oh, yeah, that's radical. Right. <laughs> okay, that's radical. Exactly. Just radical. Yes. Exactly. Just radical. Yes. You know, so, you know, uh, you know, healthcare, exactly. healthcare for everybody. Healthcare for everybody. There you go. Radical. You just, radical. You just, yeah. you just yeah. radical. Insanely radical. Yeah. You left right. Yes. Yeah. Bodily autonomy. Every American should be oh. in control of their own body. Radical. Very, oh, completely oh, radical. Oh, 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 radical. Oh, Rihanna, uh, you know, we have to get you. You're really a radical now. I went there. I, I went there, yes. <laughs> yes. And so that's, that's I think, a really important point that everybody should be aware of. The right has just mm-hmm. pulled further and further to the right. They've appointed people um, who have gone further and further to the right. We haven't gone anywhere. If anything, we've gone right. further let me, to the right. Let me get radical. Let me get radical. I, I want the Voting Rights Act sign. Oh, I'm radical now. <laughs> oh, that is insane. You, that really is insanely radical. Stop voter suppression. Stop voter suppression. Now, stop, see, I'm, just, I'm out of hand. <laughs> I'm out of hand now. Yes. You, you weigh out here completely. You've gone over the line. <laughs> You've gone over, <laughs> the, over the line. Well, we, and and go ahead, Ms. Rose. I, I wanted to point out. I wanted to point out one other thing. Um, that when Antonin Scalia died, um, we, not all of us, obviously, but there was a lot of leeway given by us over here on the quote-unquote left, and by that I mean just normal people. Um, there was a little bit of a sensitivity and and a benefit of the doubt given that, in my opinion, should never have been given. This idea that, well, he was he was the champion um, on the right. You know, that was their gold standard of their conservative judge. That seat should go to a conservative. And President Obama paid deference to that when he nominated Merrick Garland. Who is no, you know, liberal bastion? 
Merrick Garland mm-hmm. was endorsed by um, and praised by uh, just about every Republican senator, every Republican senator on the Judiciary Committee, for sure. Um, Orrin Hatch had just made a whole speech about praising Merrick Garland as a jurist. Right. Right. And, you know, so, so when President Obama, as he often did, um, threw them a real bone when he nominated, that, that was an olive branch. That was um, that was not an underhanded thing that he did. He it was his responsibility as president of the United States to appoint someone to that bench. And the minute he did, uh, which was an obvious olive branch to the Republicans and a, a recognition that you know I'm not going to appoint some you know radical left wing person to Antonin Scalia's seat. I'm going to give you guys the benefit of the doubt and, and give you this. And they spit in his face again. They spit in all of our faces again and said, we're not doing anything. We're going to let the voters pick. We're, they right. made up this, you know, nonsense about, you know, it's an election year. And, yeah. So the, the way they're playing like they is gave, nasty. When you talking about the one of the things, one of the things that just irked me, like I say, I love Obama. One thing that irked me about him, I mean, he, I mean, that was a pit full of vipers, them were snakes yes. all over the place, and he never, and, and never, he never acknowledged it. that, and he never acknowledged that they were snakes. No. And 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 by the time, no. like saying, by the time he figured it out, you know, like okay, like instead of Garland, I would have, I would have nominated a black woman. Because they was gonna do Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Then I would have went down. I would have went down fighting, right? You know, and, you know, like you know, he, you know, but it was the fact that he kept trying to appease them. Yeah, you know, I remember he made a. I remember he made a. I he made a unity speech over in Germany, and then they came. Yeah. He came. They called him an appeaser. He came, they called him an appeaser. That's right. Right. That's now, exactly now, right. Right. Now, all that stuff. All that stuff this man did. I ain't heard one Democrat. Yeah. Call this man a pizza. Not one. Yeah. No, did never. More than a pizza. And never. I heard him say it one time. I'm going, I'm going, what y'all doing? That's right. That's right. And fun fact for everyone out there who hasn't heard me say it a million times, guess who wrote the Affordable Care Act? The Heritage Foundation. Yeah. This a was the Republican... Yes, the Republican Mitt, solution to us Mitt wanting universal health care. That's exactly right. This was the Republican plan. Yet another yeah. time that President Obama extended a hand to the Republicans. He knew they were angry that he was the president. He knew that they were, you know, that they were recalcitrant and being difficult. He just didn't. Mm-hmm. He never. Acknowledge that they were just a pit of snakes, like you said, vipers right. who were never going well, well, you know, like, to anything. Hey, 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 Rihanna, Rihanna, what we said, what we're saying in the hood. Look at what we were saying in the hood was uh, he never had a. On if you on if you look at on if you look at uh, what's the name of that cartoon? Benway. Uh, he never had a. He never. Obama never had. He never had an end moment. Right. <laughs> That's right. 
He never had one. That's right. Not one time. No. You know, just like when that you know, no. just like when Gates when that police Jack Gates up, he shouldn't have been having no beer with that police. Right. And once he did that, right. once he did that, they they had no respect for him after that. That's why they right. they tried to <sighs> like the Mitch McConnell say, you know, he's gonna be one term and this was that's what he was yeah. inaugurated, you know, inaugurated. So I'm just saying, you know, uh I you yeah. know, like again you know, and I hope the Democrats now, you know, I hope they quit playing this pro forma game like this guy's a regular president oh. and like this kind of, hey y'all, this ain't normal time. This That's right. None so, yeah, of real Supreme, Yeah, if you're gonna let him take another Supreme Court, you're gonna let him jack right. just take another one. And you know this guy's a crook. And then, right. you know, we're never we're never gonna have his. the respect of younger voters ever. If if we he's allow, banking if it, he's banking on if he can get them out on the court and if the election is close, he can get it to the court. Yep, his folks will be on that to decide it. That's exactly so right. Him, you know, he's playing that That's game. Exactly That's exactly right. Play. That's the game yep, he's playing. Yeah. And I'm saying if the Democrats let him get away with that, uh, if the people let him get away with that, we can't count on Democrats. Right. People want to. Uh, organize and motivate. Uh, you know, make sure that don't. You know, make sure that don't happen. Right. And if it do happen, you know, uh, make sure we take back the Senate. And then, because they say, you know, they'll get rid of filibuster, then they can expand the free. You know, the Supreme Court. Supreme Court used to have five people. Used to have ten people. And it's got mm-hmm. nine. It's got nine. It's got nine people. So it ain't like it's like Constitution. Got to be nine people. Exactly. Right. Exactly. No, they can expand it. And we're going to, you know, not only are we going to hear and are hearing all this nonsense, these talking points about, you know, how, how crazy radical left and radical liberal, you know, that's all garbage. But what else is garbage is this idea that, that, you know, that, that, that all mission in life is to pack the courts. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to pack the courts. Mitch McConnell, this entire time that he has refused to even take up for a vote any of the hundreds of pieces of great legislation that that was passed by the House that just helps everyday average American families and workers, um, has refused to pass any COVID relief uh, that the Democrats passed in uh, March, I believe it was. Um, refused to do any of that. You know what he's been doing? He has been ramming unqualified judges through mm-hmm. the Senate process. Yeah. And he's going to try to do that with a Supreme Court uh, person, too. They are currently packing the court because they spent President Obama's eight years slow-walking his judicial appointments and well, unpacking the court. And they're packing well, it right now. Say- well, Mr. McConnell said he's the Grim Reaper. So what we need to be talking about is right. what we gonna do after all this is done. That's, That's what I'm exactly right. I'm folks at. What are we gonna do after this yep. is done? Yeah, he's doing that. Yeah, they doing that. They've been doing it. So what are we gonna do after this is done? That's what people need to be uh, focusing on, you know, uh, because like I said again, you know, right now folks mobilizing. A lot of money was raised, but then uh, 48 hour period, I think a 25 period or 48, 20. Anyway, they, they raised about 45 million dollars. After uh, you know, after the Republicans came out with that, you know, with that program, so uh, so anyway, so yeah. the people, you know, people ain't stealing it, you know, they don't, you know, the people not really down with that, right. trying to cram somebody for an election, so you know, uh, 
But again, hey, right. you know, we got a cult, we got a cult leader president. This first <laughs> cult leader president we've ever had here in America that I can right. uh, think of. Uh, right. Everybody so loves what, JFK, so but. Okay, so let me jump uh-huh. in and say, okay, so now we know that um, that Trump has slammed um, uh, Jeff Ginsburg's uh, granddaughter. You guys mentioned that a little bit early on, um, and, and and that made people even more upset. So, so what is our game plan? We know that we're in, we're still in COVID, and uh, and and we're getting uh, mail mail by ballots. We're getting a lot of them. The Texas Democratic Party sent out 60,000 across Texas, and they're going to send out more. We actually, a group that I'm working with, we sent out 20,000 pieces of uh, mail, two of the uh, candidates uh, that are working together because we're doing a lot of, uh, of uh, uh, coalitions together, uh, campaigns to make sure that people work together as a team. We sent out 20,000 uh, voter uh, registration cards because, as you know, uh, October, 5 October, that's a special day there. Uh, that's the deadline for registering people to vote. So we sent that out. We sent out a uh, 20,000 pieces that tells you exactly where your voting locations are in, uh, all across Texas, as a matter of fact. And, and then we sent out um, a- another piece uh, that gave you all of the candidates up and down the ballot uh, on the Democratic side. I'm Democrat, so I'm only talking about Democrats right now. And so, uh, so that's 20,000 together, all in one one envelope, went out to people across uh, East Texas to show them right. exactly where to go and what to do. And then we even said in there, once you get that voter registration. A form. Oh, yeah. Then the one other thing, we did put a little note in there that said, uh, check, go on to the Secretary of State's website to check to make sure that your name is listed on the voter registration because a lot of people are seeing, and these are people who are regular voters, they're seeing their names dropped off uh, for some yeah. unknown reason. Yes. Yeah. For some unknown reason. They're seeing their names dropped off. So I put we put out there on radio to make sure that that you do that, and then to make sure also let's not forget, guys, that this is the census year. And listen, if people work really hard uh, in East Texas filling out their uh, census reports, we could get another seat here in East Texas, which we need. That's a congressional seat, is what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So. So what all are we doing? What else do we need to do? What else do you see we need to do, uh, Mr. Arthur or Ms. Rihanna, that you may be doing in your area uh, that I have not mentioned? We had on yesterday, let me share this quickly, that on yesterday the um, Smith County Democratic Club was out on 25 acres of land uh, out there, and we thank the Nichols um, uh, Dr. Nancy Nichols as well as uh, her husband, Mr. Mike, uh, for hosting uh, we thank Mr. Hector who uh, set up his um, grill and everything out there, and he made uh, we, what we call the taco truck. We made every kind of taco from shrimp tacos to chicken uh, to beef, whatever you wanted. And it was really funny. I, I'll share this with you guys. It was really interesting because nobody removed their mask 
and sat there to eat. They went and sat in their cars, and everybody was to bring chairs and sit out, you know, and spread out and everything. And then they have this really massive uh, area where you can get underneath. It was like, I don't know what you call it. It's not really a garage, but it opens up on all sides. And then you could drive a, a vehicle in there, but, but they had chairs spread out in there, and then they had chairs spread out all out there on the land. But people got up and went and got into their vehicles to have their tacos. They they just were not going mm. to remove their mask and sit and eat. I thought it was pretty cool. But um, but those are some of the things that, oh, yes. And then we had on, on Zoom, we had some of our statewide candidates. We had someone from uh, the – Biden Harris campaign to come in. We had Stacey, uh, Judge Stacey Williams, and some of the other candidates that could not make that event uh, to to come in on our Zoom. So we're working to make sure that people hey, get to the Go ahead. Hey, 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 I want to make sure that we keep you know stuff in perspective. We still have. We still have a COVID, and it's political. We have a COVID. We have. We still have a COVID issue. You know, we got. We got, I mean, we got a large segment of Americans, mainly, you know, mainly white, from what I can see, uh, that that just don't want to wear no mask, even after the man had told them they stupid, <laughs> and they still won't wear no mask. Still so won't wear. What are we gonna do about? So what are we gonna do about that? Well. That's a good question uh, because let me tell you, they're all over the place down here and they're not wearing masks and they're out there having big events and, and, but they're the ones and, and looking at, at statistics. uh, I don't know if if you guys know this, we get a report obviously of what's going on in our areas in our 16 County uh, range and the Northeast uh, Texas uh, health department County. And so we have more Caucasians with COVID-19 than any other ethnic group, period. And we were mm-hmm. led to think, or some were led to think that it was mostly African-Americans who were getting these, uh, this COVID-19. You, uh, no. Go ahead. Now, now if you remember, now if you remember, you know, we were talking about this back in what, uh, March and April. Remember when, they, yep. when we found out that black folks getting it and then white, white folks thought they couldn't get it? And I say, what's gonna happen is it's gonna blow up. It's gonna get it's gonna get them in the butt. And so and so now so now that's what's happening. That's why we can't kill it. That's why we can't. That's why we can't stop it. You know, they know where yeah. it was. It was mainly in the first responders communities, like you know, minority communities. Instead of them targeting those communities, getting them the you know the the face masks, all that stuff. Trump, they was gonna send face masks out to everybody in the United States, and Trump stopped it. He stopped it. Mm-hmm. He stopped it. So, so he right. was trying to kill. You know, he was trying to kill minority folks, and and, and he got white folks thinking that they couldn't get it. Now, yeah. he walking around. You know, he walking around like like they, you know, and they sitting out grinning, hollering, spitting on each other. Uh, you know, grinning like they had a, uh, you know, like like they one of them uh, lynchings back in the day. And so, you know, and they just, you know, it, you know, they just happened. They stupidity, and it's just, and I'm going, wow. The man of Even though tape. it killed his his only black friend, yeah, Herman Cain. You know, uh-huh, yeah. His black. Well, well, but yeah, you know, remember what he said that Herman Cain did not get this in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, it's amazing to me what this guy thinks that he knows. I mean, he knows everything <laughs> about 
thing. He knows all of it. Sometimes well, I say, well, did I miss <laughs> where he went to medical school? I mean, really? Oh. Well, he say he say his he say his uncle was a doctor, so you know, it's, it's like I slept in a Holiday Inn last night, right? You know, my uncle was was a doctor, so evidently I'm and, a doctor. And that yeah, oh okay, I got you. Right. Okay, that's how but, simplistic that so he that, look here. That's how minute, look, that's how simplistic and stupidity that he talks to these people that just love his mm-hmm. dirty underwear. Right. Right. Well, I'm dirty underwear. Man. Oh. Well, if I, I, I hear too many of them say, well, if I die, I just die. <laughs> yes. I, I heard that as well. If I die, I just die. Well, yes. one, of our, one of our good friends was at, was at the hospital with his mother and refused to wear a mask. And, and so they asked him to leave and so he got his things as if he was going to leave, but he really was not going to leave. So he stood there refusing to leave, and and his mother was in isolation. And so mm-hmm. he really should have worn a mask. But in the meantime, he wouldn't leave, so he was arrested. Carried downtown and booked. Good friend of mine, a strong Republican, and actually supported my candidacy and all of that, but did he catch, I, but I, did, 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 did he catch COVID? Did he catch COVID when he was down there with no mask? No, what I'm trying to figure out. He has, well, he he told he says that he uh, takes um, hydrochloroquine, and um, and that's what oh, that says that works. Not rindivir, but but hydrochloroquine. The medicine that we know is not effective. Well, well, did you ask and, him? Uh, did actually, killed veterans. Did, did you ask him where he put I'm, his bleach? Wait just a minute, Miss Arthur. What was that question, Miss Rihanna? I said, "Oh, he takes the medicine that we know for a fact is not effective in treating COVID, and actually ended up killing some veterans yes. that they experimented yes, on." Okay, that's, that's the, the medicine you're talking about. That, that's the one I'm talking. The about. malaria yes. medication. Okay, that's the one. Yeah, and that's yes. why I was asking. That's why I was asking where did he where did he put the bleach at? Exactly. Right. Exactly. And then of course, that's all. That's that's a drug that's also used for lupus. And I asked him. I said, "Well, okay. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me that this drug works. Now, how do I decide how much if I have a child that gets uh, COVID, uh, or if you're using it as a preventive medicine? How much do I give to you, and how much do I give to the child that weighs many a hundred pounds less than you?" Or 120 pounds less than you, mm-hmm. and so there was. I said because you have not had a clinical trial on this and been tested to find out the answers to these questions, uh, you could help somebody lose their life. There's still been no national response. There's been no national response. There's been no national response. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, right. I don't know why everybody ain't hollering. Where's the national response? The media just kind of gloss over it. You know, and, right. and and I give them a lot of the blame for that stuff too, because they kind of prioritize what they want to. They know yep. that there should have been a national. Look at like back in the day, Nightline started because of a crisis. They start they start mm-hmm. TV programs behind crisis. I ain't seen mm-hmm. uh, one TV program that started because of this. I mean, it would be like a specialized program no. that come on every night to just deal with that. Right. But now, 
Uh-uh. Right. They too commercial. Instead, they entertained the idea of hydrochloroquine. They entertained the idea of a vaccine that doesn't exist. It, mm-hmm. We have no vaccine, but they talk about the vaccine because Donald Trump gets on here. and talks mm-hmm. about this vaccine. Oh, maybe it'll yeah. be here by October. We'll see. This is not a joke. And the media has normalized this madness. Imagine what we're what's in store for us in the future if this has become normal. You know, what are they going to do? All of a sudden, when we have a normal person as president, they're going to go back to the old way of talking about things. Uh, you know, how, how does this work? We just live in crazy town right vaccine, now. Though. We don't have to live here forever. Okay, let me let me jump in for a second, Uh, Mr. Arthur and Ms. Arthur. Let me jump in for a second. Uh, I'm getting text text messages that says two or three people speaking at the same time is a little too much. We can't hear exactly what's being said. Can we make it one at a time, please? Yes, thank you for that. Okay, go ahead, Ms. Rihanna. Where are Rihanna? Oh, I I was just going off on a tangent. I'm done. I I just don't understand. They've normalized all of this stuff that's just not normal and that's extremely dangerous. You know, we don't have a vaccine. There is not a vaccine for COVID-19. And the media talks about, oh, well, you know, Donald Trump says there might be this vaccine uh, in October. Yeah, he says that because there's an election in November. It's irresponsible to talk about a vaccine. One does not exist. But that's just representative of all of the made-up fantasy things that he talks about that the media, mainstream media, picks up and runs with and talks about as if it's a thing. We don't have to live in Donald Trump's fantasy land, and we shouldn't be living in Donald Trump's fantasy land. It's, it's dangerous uh, to pretend that any of this is normal and okay. So I just wonder what the future holds for us now that we've done this. This has been a huge mistake to normalize any of this. Wow, that's an excellent, uh, excellent question. Well, Mr. Arthur, do you have any comments in regards to that? Because that is just an excellent question of where we are yeah, who's, right now. Go ahead. Yeah, who's gonna? Y'all know who's gonna take the vaccine? Is, is what I'm trying to figure out. Who's gonna take it? Right. Uh, now, right. Now, now the, the now the attorney uh, general guy he said. He said, actually, if everybody just was 90% of folks wore that mask, you know, we could smash the thing just by wearing masks. So, you know, you know, you know, and so, you know, he, they politicized CDC and HHS, you know, you know, that nut was talking last week. So uh, they politicized them so till credibility zero. Fauci, he said, now Fauci, the, the, the folks said, a lot of folks believe, he said, he said, well, he said, they said, will you take it? He said, well, vaccine come. That's approved. He said, I'll take it, and I'll have my family take it. Now, I don't know about all that, but that's what he said. Me, myself, uh, I'm going to keep wearing the mask. Uh, there you go. I'm going to keep mm-hmm. – I'm going to keep wearing the mask. And I tell you what, I wouldn't take the vaccine. Someone asked me would I take the vaccine, and I said no. Without clinical trials, uh, I would not take uh, the vaccine. I mean, a lot of clinical trials. We know – that every single drug that we're taking right now uh, in this country, they had to go through clinical trials before they were actually approved uh, to, uh, by the FDA in order for people to, uh, to take those drugs. And so nothing has changed. It's still the same. We go through that same process. 
in order for drugs to be put on our um, on our list uh, to take yeah. them. Even though there, even some of the drugs that have gone through clinical trials, I, I can use the military for as an example. They're just because every drug out there uh, doesn't mean that every drug is on everybody's formulary. Uh, it's just not. Yeah. Not saying that it's not. I'm not saying it's because they think anything about the drug. It's just that every single drug uh, is not. There's a lot of drugs out there, so everything is not on uh, the formulary. So then let let's take a look then at where we are really uh, in this country. How what can we as citizens do? Uh, back to um, uh, Justice Ginsburg. To what can we do to block to make sure? that this does not happen. I, I, and I can tell you that I've gotten all kinds of emails. I've gotten all kinds of letters to uh, say, um, I mean, they, they were quick. This only, I got a letter in the mail today. So they must have immediately start overnighting letters out there because she mm-hmm. passed away on Friday. They got busy on Friday mm-hmm. because yeah. because we know that Trump said he was going to nominate and he's just following what uh, what Biden has said. He's going to nominate a woman. So what can we as citizens do to block all of this? We'll, we'll go to Mr. Arthur first. We'll go to Ms. Rihanna. Yeah. You know, Strange, I see is that we've got to take back the Senate and use and use the fact of expanding the court as, as, as leverage uh, mm-hmm. to keep them from going ahead and doing that. And just let it be clear. Okay, if y'all do that, uh, it's gonna be 15 folks on the Supreme Court. We're gonna be, we, yep. we're gonna get rid of the filibuster, and we're just gonna change it. Yep. Okay. Wow, Miss Rihanna, I just got your. Wow. <laughs> you want to dialogue <laughs> on that the article that uh, uh, Ross Story's article, Miss Rihanna? Uh, sure. And uh, by the way, I totally agree with what um, Mr. Arthur just said. Democrats need to be bold and, you know, learn the lessons that we talked about. These people aren't playing games. These people play dirty. And we're going to have to figure out what level they're on so we can get down there on that level and fight back because they are taking our, our constitutional republic right down the toilet, swirling the toilet bowl, and we're going to swirl it with them unless we figure this out and, and play the game the way that they play it. Um, and so be bold in what we're talking about. Yes, we need to expand the court. If they want to call that court packing, fine. Let them call it whatever they want to call it. Uh, but right. we've got it. That's what is at stake. That's why we have to take the Senate. That's why we have to keep the House. That's why we need uh, to elect a Democratic president. And we need to hold their feet to the fire once we put them in those positions and make sure that these things actually get done. So I totally agree uh, with everything that you just said. Um, And, yes, I found a couple of articles that uh, are sad and upsetting. Um, But we found out that uh, one of the people – for this blog called Red State. It's a right-wing publication that has gotten a lot of traction in the past few years. Um, The right seems to consider it a credible source of information and news, which is ridiculous because it's not. Um, But one of their bloggers who has been smearing Dr. Fauci 
uh, and making up a lot of the right-wing talking points that mainstream media ends up picking up and running mm-hmm. with, even though they're ridiculous. Um, we just found out that uh, one of the right-wing bloggers that writes for um, Red State and is a COVID-19 truther, a conspiracy theorist, uh, is actually uh, a staffer under Dr. Fauci, who works for Dr. Fauci. Um, So he, you know, moonlights as this uh, right-wing blogger and smears Dr. Fauci uh, by night and works for him by day. So he knows what he's talking about is crazy. He knows that the smears are false, but that's what he does. He's a propagandist, like so many of these right-wing bloggers are. Uh, So I'll put a link to that article from Ross Story in the show description if anybody wants to read about it. But, I mean, this is where we are. This is the state of things. If you're a right-wing blogger, there's a real good chance that you're uh, nothing more than a propagandist, and you may even work for the government and know that what you're saying is baloney. Right. Did they fire? So then, go ahead, Miss Arthur. Oh, I, if he's not fired yet, but he will be, I'm sure. <laughs> Probably, you're you're correct. Um, let's see. I was gonna. I was about to ask. There's okay. There's a couple of senators, of Republican senators, that have already said that they are not going to vote uh, for Trump to uh, to bring in a new justice before election. What do you think Romney is going to do? Cause, and how many do we need? Uh, how many that's needed? Is it four, three or four that's needed to to vote against him? Is it four or three? I I think it's four. Well, four. well it, it's okay. okay. Okay, it's okay. It's two uh, election so central elections. Collins and Mikowski has already said well, one in Georgia, well, one in Georgia and one in Arizona. Both of those are replacements. So those folks, if they win, they'll they'll take office. <clears throat> they'll take office on the thirtieth. As soon as they win, right. so they'll be senators. You know, uh, you know, the rest of the way. So if, if they pick up both of those seats, then they need they need uh, three. Right. Okay. They need. Okay, well, they need right. two yeah. more. You know, but they need three. They need three. You know, they need three more. So if they get Murkowski, uh, Snow, whatever Collins. that is, Collins, Collins, and, yeah, Collins, mm-hmm. and then Romney, that would be three. Right. Romney said Go ahead, Miss Rihanna. The main thing is them for not to do it before the election. Exactly. exactly. And that's what they're saying. Murkowski and Collins were very clear. Uh, that they do not want, they will not participate in a vote before the right. election. They didn't say anything about the lame duck session, the, you right. know, however many days between election day, November 3rd and January, uh, what is it, 27th, um, inauguration day. There's that 20th. whole lame duck session, 20th. So 20th, yeah. uh, it always worries me because Susan Collins, um, is a real piece of she, work. She, yeah, um, she vacillates, doesn't she? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So That's her making very clear that they won't <laughs> vote 
in, you know, before the election is not the same thing as them making it clear that they oppose a vote during the lame duck session. Republicans will do anything they can to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg with a conservative. So I, I just don't trust, you know, I, I believe them when they say they won't do it before the election, but I, I wouldn't put anything past these people. They'll do it in a lame duck in a heartbeat. Right. Right. I I agree with you 100%. Just because they mm. say it, I want I want to see it for myself. Yeah. That they yeah. Romney may have some integrity. That remains to be seen. I think he has higher aspirations. Maybe he'll run for president again, so maybe he's trying Correct. extra hard. We'll see. <laughs> Correct. Well, that's why I say only... Go ahead, Mr. Arthur. That's why I say the only leverage we got is to uh, you know, threatened during a filibuster. Expand, yeah. <clears throat> expand the court to 15. She wants to clean up. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and expand the court to 15. That's the only leverage that we're going to have. You know, and of course, demonstrations and so forth. <clears throat> Folks coming out right. from Ms. Ginsburg, young people like her. So we can get more young people out. You know, everything's on the, you're on the ballot. Mm-hmm. Uh, healthcare. Yeah. You know the whole, so you know Social Security, so it, you know all that's yep. on the, you know on the battle. So, hey, we're gonna see what's gonna happen. Well, I, you know, I don't know how many people were out in in your area, Mr. Anna, and how many people were out in your area, Mr. Arthur. But I can tell you, they came out on. I mean, that was impromptu. As a matter of fact, believe it or not, it was put together by one of our writers uh, at the newspaper. He said he didn't know it was going to turn out that way, but he but he just put a question out there. What are we going to do uh, to honor her? Because people were, I mean, they got out there immediately on Friday, didn't they, in some parts of the country. Mm-hmm. And so it turned out uh, we had a great crowd of people out there. It turned out mm-hmm. uh, beautifully that they came out to honor her and, and, and her memory and so forth. So, uh so you're you're right. The people, the young folk, the every folk, uh, needs to get out there and 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 say no. We're not having it. We're not rushing anybody through uh, this process. Right. It takes time for this process uh, to take place. And so here we're down to what forty six, forty seven days uh, before election. Mm-hmm. And, and early, vo- early voting has already started in some places. Has it? Go ahead, go ahead Ms. Rihanna. That's what right. was that? Oh, you yeah. said uh, 46 days. You're correct. But the Senate only has 13 working days. That's very before true. Before the next election. Excellent point. Excellent point. And then they'll be, they'll be going on vacation, right? <laughs> always. Hey, could Rihanna give us an update on the Mitch McConnell? Uh, race up there in Kentucky. Uh, give us some firsthand whatever. Do we have a chance? I mean, what we got? Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Um, Good job. Well, it's a little upsetting because um, Mitch McConnell actually recognizes that Trump is dragging him down, I think, because he's running ads and he never has to run ads. And he's running a lot of ads. He's running more ads than Amy McGrath is running. I don't know what she's doing with all her money, uh, but um, she needs to up her presence here. Um, 
her polling is not great. The most recent polling, um, he is beating her by like nine points, I think. Um, The thing is, she, she, by like nine points, I think it is. Um, The thing is, she has a chance here. Um, But I'm, she, she seems to be, um, she, she needs to up her game, and I, I hope to God that I start seeing her do that in the next, you know, week or so, uh, because she would have a chance. He is not popular, and if she would jump on it right now, I know she has the money and resources to do it. Um, the good news is, though, uh, where where she's not making a big presence on uh, in TV ads and things like that, I do know that she's on the ground in rural Kentucky talking to actual voters um, who are losing their health care, who uh-huh. are aware that Mitch McConnell uh, makes decisions based on his bottom line and not theirs, um, people who do understand that Donald Trump is lying when he says he brought back the coal industry because they still don't have jobs and they don't have training programs. Uh, that they had a chance to have um, be brought to them uh, when, say, President Obama was in office. (laughs) They know that they've been left behind by this president and by Mitch McConnell. Um, So I know she's talking to those folks every day um, and making new new believers out of them and people who will go to the polls for her. Mm -hmm. What do you mean about a campaign? Okay, you know, like she, uh, you know, Mitch had this where he, you know, you remember how, how he got that deal up in there from the, from that Russian guy that was supposed to not even do those business. You know, is she saying anything That's about right. that? That's right, Derek Is, is um, she saying anything she about is, that? Is that in her campaign? That's right. She has not. Um, here's what she's doing, and this is what I was afraid might happen, um, and, and it is happening, unfortunately. Uh, But Kentuckians who are listening, it doesn't matter. You still have to go vote and vote for her. Um, So it doesn't matter what I say right now. I'm just pointing this out. (laughs) Um, She she thinks that because she is running in Kentucky that she has to be um, not herself and not a Democrat. She thinks she has to be a Republican light. And so she's kind of doing that. (laughs) I know. She's kind of doing that. And we had a real strong progressive candidate here who got a lot of traction and who almost beat her. And I was hoping that she would, yes, I was hoping that she would understand what that meant that she needed to do. But like so many Democrats in Kentucky are, I think she's gotten afraid um, to yeah. go full progressive, and she's making that same mistake. Kentucky people here who don't have health care are aware that they don't have health care. People here who have lost their jobs and have watched their towns turn into nothing, crumble into nothing, and watch jobs leave their towns and watch their kids overdose on heroin and you know all of that stuff are very well aware that those things happened to them, and they're very well aware of who was in charge when those things did happen to them. Um, and so, you know, Democrats here don't have to pretend that they're not Democrats. Progressive values 
and progressive policies are popular everywhere in this country, and Kentucky's no exception to that. So I, I wish would um, campaign that way. So let me jump in. You're saying that Amy is, well, she is a, she is a Democrat, right? But she's oh yes straddling the she's straddling the fence to try to reach she, the Republican. Uh, she's acting like um, she. What, one of the things that she said that irritated me was that Mitch McConnell is not the best way for Donald Trump. Uh, it, Mitch McConnell is not the biggest supporter of Donald Trump's agenda. Well, hopefully Amy McGrath won't be either. What? And Mitch McConnell is a big supporter. She's trying to say that she will uh, – she's sort of like um, a little bit like Doug Jones had to do or thought he had to do. Right. Um, for, you know, like, oh, I, I'm a I'll – be, I'll be there for Donald Trump. <laughs> and, um, you know, there's enough people here who are not okay with Donald Trump. You know, there's there's a lot of people here, for example, who supported Bernie Sanders. So right. Amy McGrath saying that she's gonna she's gonna help Donald Trump with his agenda isn't gonna get Democrats off the. No. Right. And we, you know, we put Democrats in our governor's mansion <laughs> a good amount of the time. So it's not like, you know, Kentucky's just all red all the time. You know, we usually have a, a pretty re- a split legislature or a Republican legislature, but we a lot of times put a, a governor in who's a Democrat. Um, sure, our senators, we end up voting for Republicans, but it hasn't always been that way. The first time I saw Bill and Hillary Clinton in person was here in Kentucky because they were campaigning here because we right. actually can turn Democrats out to the polls. So. Yeah. Um, you know, d- don't go as Republican light if you're a Democrat in Kentucky. Kentucky can benefit from progressive policies, and we are aware of that. A lot of us voters are aware of that. So don't make us a non-voting state. Um, send right. us, give us something to vote for, and we'll go vote. Very good. Excellent. So, then. Let's be clear on – I got another text message about how many days we have. Let, let, explain, Ms. Rihanna, once again about the 13 days and then the 43 days that we have before actually before November the 3rd. So right. people who uh, don't keep up with us as closely as oh, we sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. It's all yours. The the Senate, yeah, the Senate doesn't have. We all have, you know, forty three days until election day, but that doesn't mean that the Senate has forty three days to cram through a Supreme Court nomination. They only have thirteen working days, um, and that's if they don't take any any more time off because of COVID. Um, but they, you know, they vote. One of the first things that they always do is they vote to increase their pay, and they vote on their calendar. <laughs> you know, at the the beginning of every, every um, session of Congress, uh, one of, those are the first couple of votes that they have, and so they they've already have a set working schedule, and they only have 13 working days 
between now and election day. Exactly. So there's no way that we can confirm someone that's as important as that position in the Supreme Court justice in 13 days. <laughs> even that's even if I'm sorry, say it again, Ms. Rihanna. I said, tell that to Mitch McConnell. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Oh. Well, I I just got this. Did you guys see the article that I just sent over to you? Yeah, I see that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's interesting. Wow. A Nebraska oh, barber who was indicted in the fatal shooting of a black protester has died by mm-hmm. suicide. Wow. What about that? Uh, this, I don't know why this reminded me of this, but for some reason it did. So if I'm going way off topic, forgive me. But hmm. um, DeSantis in Florida, um, has everybody seen what he's advocating for now? Um, legislation to make it um, a felony? Uh, to protest if a protest, oh, yeah. you know, some yeah. if some violent people show up to a protest and do some, you know, criminal activities, then that whole entire protest becomes a violent protest, and everybody who participates in it can be subject to a felony. And yeah. uh, like a lot of Republican legislatures or legislators across the country for several years have been advocating, he has made it known that he now also advocates to make it legal and make it well within your legal rights to use your vehicle to run over if they are protesting. Well, um, you know, it, that just reminds me of this story. This bar owner shoots and kills a protester. Um right. Because he thinks he's entitled to do that, while Republican lawmakers themselves, just like DeSantis, have been advocating for violent, you know, using your vehicle or weapons or your body or whatever uh, to do violence against protesters as a, as if it's your right to do that. Right. Well, on the protester thing, uh, Ron, what about William Barr? Talking about, uh, you know, he exactly. had a rebellion from his, from his attorneys because he wanted them to use the Sedition Act against That's protesters. Right. Matter of fact, he got a bunch of them hooked up up there in, up there in uh, uh, what, what, Seattle or Portland. They got a bunch of them hooked up there yes. in Portland now where they're trying to give them big time, uh, you know, yes. for protesting. So, you know, so that's like, yeah, yes. I mean, that's like real. This is literal fascism. <laughs> exactly. Literally. Well, I'm, Mr. Mr. Arthur or Mr. Rihanna, can you explain to uh, the public what the uh, Sedition Act is? I've just got a text message wanting to know what is a Sedition Act? You want to dialogue on a little bit on that freedom of speech? The Sedition Act, basically basically what it means is that somebody is trying to, just to give a short short shrift, somebody is trying to overthrow the United States government. That's pretty much it. it. (laughs) <laughs> that's right. That's it's well, very, very serious. If you have to have protests in your rights, you know, trying to get you some rights, trying to get you some human rights, so forth, 
you know, he wants Barr wanted to make that sedition. Right. Now, of course, you know, right. even those type of uh, uh, laws that are put in place, of course, they're going to have to go up to the Supreme Court, so they're not going to be, like, automatic just because they, you know, uh, saying that they want uh, or they're doing it. It's, it's, you know, they're going to be challenged by the, AH, the, the, uh, the ACLU and NAACP and other organizations. But, yeah, yeah, but that's where they want to go. But it's wow. dangerous that he would even suggest such a thing. Um, you know, yes, it's true that, just because he says it, you know, doesn't mean that it's going to happen and it will have to work its way through the courts. But this is part of that normalization thing that we were talking about earlier. This is not normal that an attorney general should say such bat crap crazy things. Exactly. The First Amendment. Yes. Yeah, so well, the very First Amendment is our, our freedom of speech and to, uh, yes. you know, to redress our grievances and air our grievances with our government, to criticize our government, to criticize our elected officials. That's our First Amendment right, not second or third or fifth or 19th. It's the first. And to say that that's sedition, that we're committing espionage against the United States of America to criticize our government, the attorney general saying such a thing, that in itself, the fact that it would come out of his mouth is bad enough. Exactly. They, they, they know somebody going, somebody going to jail, and they know it. Somebody going to jail. That's why they're acting like this. Somebody exactly. going to jail. Exactly. There's a whole lot of people going to jail. And and Miss Rihanna just brought out the Espionage Act. Now think about this. Now we're we're in COVID nineteen, and the Espionage Act was in nineteen seventeen. But but the Sediction uh, Act was in nineteen eighteen when the Spanish flu. Yeah. And all those That's people right. were killed, remember? And here we are right back. And we have over 200,000 people now that have been killed, that have died from COVID-19, right? Have we re- we've reached That's that, right. right? I think we're over that. Yep, yeah. 200, Isn't that interesting? Think about that. Not, I mean, And no Spanish national response. Oh, no wow. Response. Oh, None at all. The, and the, the national response was, to pretend that no, it wasn't happening, and now we have them on tape saying, "I always wanted to play it down. This stuff's worse yeah. than the flu." But he put out yeah. there, he had his trolls going around saying, "This the flu's more deadly than this." The exact opposite of what he knew to be true. I mean, right. that was the national response. So it's not fair to say there was none. There what there has been one, and it's been to spread disinformation and misinformation. Deliberately, the, the the government was set to send out masks to every household in America, and he stopped it. That's yeah. right. That's exactly right. Made a political statement it. out of it. Stopped it. He stopped it. And deliberately didn't and wear let it a mask. Yes. That would have been the message if you had sent it to everybody. That would have been the message. But no. Exactly. Deliberately People made this message would... that. No, Go I was, ahead, Dr. Let Bell. me jump in for a second. Yes, I was just going to say that people may have had a little bit of respect for this guy if, in fact, those masks had gone out across America to every household. It would have appeared that right. he was trying to help to save some people. But let me throw this in. I don't know if, and Ms. Rihanna, you may have to Google this and, and find this article, but I don't know if you guys saw that article that Chris Rock, uh, said that 
that the uh, Democrats and Nancy Pelosi was responsible for uh, COVID-19 because they knew that Trump was a fifth grader and that they should not have allowed our lives to be in the hands of a fifth grader that could, and, and I say this all the time, that's an insult to fifth graders because fifth graders are very smart uh, folks. Uh, so it's an insult to a mm-hmm. fifth grader uh, to compare them uh, to Trump. But, uh, uh-huh. but, but these are people who really don't understand how our government works, that the job of the president of the United States, foreign and domestic, to protect and serve and keep us safe. That's, I mean, his job, his titles are limited. His tasks are limited. He doesn't really know what all He has one main that. job. <laughs> right. Exactly. And so he doesn't, that's one of his main tasks. And then and he's the commander, supposed to be the commander in chief, and then fix that budget up of how much where our monies are going in each direction during the course of the year. This guy doesn't really understand what his tasks are. And so, uh, Chris, I don't, I don't know if Chris Rock was saying this to be facetious or if he was really serious uh, that he felt that Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats should have taken over and, and, and ruled. Uh, the job of uh, well, if they couldn't if they couldn't get the Twenty Fifth Amendment through, there's no they couldn't do anything. But go ahead, Mr. Arthur, I can right. tell that you're chomping at the bits to be able to say something in no. regards to that. So go ahead. Well, no, I'll say that you know the American people we're responsible responsible for that guy being in there. That's who's responsible. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, mm-hmm. those folks that didn't those folks that thought it was going to be one way, not understanding that we had foreign interference going on. You know, they're, they're right. thinking, well, you know, sure, sure, America won't, you know, won't do that. So, you know, so we all, you know, we are responsible for this. Uh, but, but again, America, but America is a process thing. Yeah, it's a process, and now we're in a change. We're in a we're in a movement period. Start with Trayvon Martin. You know, I, I always tell you all that. So we're in a movement yeah. period. So, yeah. so uh, you know, again, Trump is a reaction to Obama. Obama represents the race issue in America. And so this is the Civil War. This is the third iteration of it. Right. Now, the question is, can we end the Civil War this time? You know, by that, I mean, we have to be at the table. Reparations are going to have to be on the table. And we have to come yeah. to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, an agreement as we go forward in this new global economy. So, you know, you know, don't lose perspective of where we are. Yes, a lot of all that stuff y'all are talking about, but basically we're in the middle of a process uh, America's been a change. It ain't gonna be like it was. Ain't no going back. So, right. you know, we just want to focus on what what you want to look like going forward. You need to advocate for whatever that is right now. Right. Sure. Well, and can I point out um, for anybody sure. who who agrees with Chris Rock and the sentiment that he was um, he he was expressing there. I just want to point out that President Obama's administration, um, for anybody who wants to look it up and maybe they don't remember, um, you know, I remember Ben Rhodes talking about this and several Obama administration officials actually talking about this um, shortly after Inauguration Day is when I heard them talking about it. Um, But they were feverishly uh, trying to set up any sort of uh, 
guardrails that they could, any sort of precautionary uh, work that they could have been doing um, to safeguard information, uh, to, to safeguard various pieces of intelligence that they had, for example, um, that needed to be found um, and needed to be protected from uh, Donald Trump and his henchmen. Um, any, any measure that they could possibly take uh, to protect us in any way that they possibly could, they were attempting to do that um, in the months leading up to Inauguration Day once they figured out that, that in fact, this was happening and Donald Trump was going to be taking over the Oval Office. And one of the quotes that I remember Ben Rhodes saying was, this is not a drill. There really isn't um, a secret safeguard here. Like, there's nothing standing between Donald Trump and all the dangerous and destructive things that you can imagine that he can do. This is, there's not a secret safety net here. (laughs) This is really happening. And, And, um, and yeah. You're going to say what he did. And and it's so simple what he did. He just, he just, you know, instead of him getting folks approved, he just he just used temporary appointments. Yeah, that's right. And then get rid of them, replace with another temporary appointment. I mean, that's, that's how exactly I mean, that's how right. that's how Swiss cheese this system is. He figured that out. Yes. Quick, fast, and a hair. <laughs> well, well, let me yeah, hear this. The rules perfect for him. <laughs> Go ahead, Miss Archer. Yeah. No, I'm just saying that you know that he figured all that. You know, you're right. There are no safeguards. That's what I'm saying. I'm back around. There are no safeguards. Mm-hmm. This guy figured all that out. Our system is basically based on goodwill, just like yeah. the Constitution. The Constitution yes. ain't got nothing in it except that it has goodwill, and everybody agrees that this is what we're trying to do. We're all yeah. trying to create Decorum. a more perfect yeah. union. We agree mm-hmm. about that. We agree with the laws. You know, we try to make them better. Yes. Okay, man, this guy come along, he don't believe in none of that. Right. So, you know, and, and, and so where it had been going on goodwill and so forth before, now all that's gone, you know. And, again, he just showed that there is no, there, you know, you can't, in, in other words, like the Hatch Act, uh, uh, make me. Yes. You know what I mean? You know, right. make me obey it. You see what I'm that's saying? Right. You know, and, and it ain't no that's switch exactly or nothing it. to make him do nothing. And that was they don't figure it out. Yep. Oh, we can't stop them from doing nothing. Now, see, if Obama was in there, they would have, trust me, they would have been peace him and been gone. He had been gone. A hatch act violation would have made him gone, yes. Right. <laughs> He'd have been gone. Yes. That's right. And these people laugh at a hatch act, yes. So something else yeah. at work here is what I'm saying. Something else at work. Yeah, ain't got nothing. You know what I mean? You know, for for him to be allowed to do that, that means something else work. We all know what that is. So, you know, so exactly. you know he's a white supremacist. He's connected yes. globally with all that stuff, and so this is a global yes. action that he's made. He they he's their global leader, and as usual, folks like right. that are cowards. You know what I mean? They, you know, right. they, you don't have to be able to get a thing done. You know, yep. right? So. He he would have already been taxed. In other words, listen, guys. I'm, I'm, let me share this. This with you, I, I ran out and I bought, uh, I bought uh, the two books, 
the hot items. I, I got another one I got to go get. I got to go get Woodruff's <laughs> book. But I got Mary L. Trump, Ph.D., psychologist, mm-hmm. and never enough. And let me tell you what. She she nails ev- everything that That's that right. young lady said in that book is exactly what we have seen in Trump yeah. and his presidency. Every single thing. You yeah. you read the book already, right, Miss Brianna? Did you read the book? Oh, I've I've almost finished it. I, I almost keep finished stopping me because too. you almost. can read it in in one sitting, and I don't want to. I want to savor every disgusting I, word of this book. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, you're you don't want to put it down. Some, one night, I, the first night, I picked up the book, and I, 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 of course, I got the next one that I got. Uh, I got both of these together, and I got Melania and me, uh, the rise and fall oh, of my yeah. French, the first lady, but, uh, Stephanie mm-hmm. uh, Winston Walker. And so, mm-hmm. let me tell you, the first night I stayed up to three o'clock reading the book. And so I, I was just plowing through that book. I couldn't put it down because everything yep. that she said uh, from her childhood up was I was just exactly the way you this know guy it's real. it. It is real. Yes. I mean, it, it's it's, it's if not anybody said that her It's book, not just dirt. Go ahead. <laughs> it's real. No, no, it's I'm, real. I'm agreeing with you. It's it's not salacious. It's not just airing right. dirty laundry. It, it's right. It's real. It's, it's their life. It's their lives. It's how they live mm. their lives. And, and it was so interesting because I was at I was at this meeting, and uh, and and the president said um, um, he was talking about Trump, and he said who who likes Trump? And so uh, so everybody raised their hand and said they did. You know, in uh, in other <clears> words, <throat> I, I think the word that he probably should have used, and I said that to him. Uh, that you probably should have used the word love uh, because we have to love uh, that. That's a commandment. We got to love one another. Right. I say, but, but I don't like any of his policies. Now that's the like, and I said, I can't tell you whether I like him or not, because first of all, I never sat at the dinner table with him. I've never been in his presence. I've never dialogued with him. All I know is what I see and hear on television. And I don't like that. Mm -hmm. That's the part. I don't like that part of his behavior, his personality. Uh, I don't like his policies. Uh, but as a person, I have to love him, even though it's very difficult, uh, very difficult from what I see <laughs> as a as his behavior, what I've read about, what I've seen. And, and I don't know if you guys uh, agree, but I'm telling you, it's it's difficult because I see him being against the greater good of this country. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's difficult. I work at it, but because of the fact that, that I, I have to love him because he's a human being. Uh, and uh, well, that's hey, hey, what I give some agape, but that's about it. <laughs> I got <agape> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, and that's what I'm talking I'm about. I'm in my rebellious stage. I'm in my rebellious <laughs> stage. Every now and then you have to defy your parents, I'm <laughs> defying my parents on this one. <laughs> <laughs> You're defying. Okay. I get it. I'm in open yeah. rebellion. You're open rebellion. Well, I tell you what, it, it, he makes it really difficult by the manner in the way in which he is, uh, he's talked about uh, disabled people. He's talking about veterans. Yes. And, 
Mr. Mr. Arthur and I are veterans, uh, Ms. Rihanna, and we're not suckers and we're not yes. losers. And uh, absolutely and not. So, so yeah. So it it takes a, it's a real task uh, to be able to um, to love someone that doesn't even love themselves. I don't know if this guy loves himself. It doesn't appear that he loves anybody around him. Uh, but uh, but I question well, you know, how much he loves himself. Go ahead, Mr. Arthur. We know the book said that his dad that his dad took that out of him. He took right, his ability to right. do that out yeah, of him right. to make him hard, hard like he wanted. And so right. you know, so well, well, went for it. And it looked like the father never paid very much attention to any of them, but himself. Right. So it right. looks like that he's he's portraying the behavior that was given to him by his father, and that his that was his father's behavior. He's cut from the same cloth. From the same cloth. Well, yeah, you know, most rich people like that. Yeah, most rich people like, uh, you know, most folks like that. You got to understand, I mean, that's the way, I mean, you know, like the way that they operate, the the family dynamics that they have ain't nothing like what we have. Ain't nothing like what, quote, what you say a normal uh, folk have. You know, they have, you know, they have like other pressures, like number one, how you going to keep the money. It's all transactional. Uh, yep. Yeah, all transactions. You know, how did you get the money? You know, how you gonna yeah. keep, you know, you, what did you do to keep it? Uh, did you get it being ruthless? If that's how you got it, you're going to teach your kids to be ruthless. Yeah, that's exactly. That's how you got the money. And so, you know, so he's yeah. just acting out what he is because that's what his family is. You know, so that's what they do. Yeah. So now it's been forced right. to the nation. So now, so now we all got the problem. It's our problem now. Yeah. Yes. And that's that's really the point that she makes in the book, that uh, my family created this. And this is now a national disaster. This is now all of our Mm -hmm. problems. Every day we have to live in his version, uh, you know, this clown show that's not funny at all, that is harming real people. Every day there's a new catastrophe, and I don't mean, um, you know, a fake story about the IRS being weaponized, you know, because Republicans don't understand how to read. Um, I'm talking about a real catastrophe where, you know, unqualified people um, work for ICE, and, you know, now there's Mm -hmm. rampant uh, abuse of human beings and sterilization of of women who are seeking asylum and concentration camps, you know, and Mm -hmm. all of this is being done in our name and, you know, abuse across the board of, of citizens and non-citizens alike, Um, you know, an active attempt to take away our health care, to take away DACA protections, you know, real harm, real harm. Well, what is evangelicals? What they believe is okay. They believe okay. Look here. They trying to bring about the end of the world. So that's what they doing. Exactly. In their mind, in their mind, they finna you. They finna end the world. So if I'm finna end the world, you don't right. need no health care. You finna die anyway. So you know. So they that's don't. Right. You know. You don't need none of that. You don't need none of that because because we finna kill you. So that's kind of what they. You know. That's yep. why they don't want you know climate change, bring it on, try to you know whatever. You know because really they believe that they bring it on the end of the world. Like when he moved that. Uh, uh, capital of Jerusalem to we were ready to move yeah. we were ready to move to to Jerusalem whatever it was and, and yeah. you know, when he moved that capital city, uh, city 
you know, that's supposed to be a sign at the end that's coming, this, that, and other. So exactly. I'm just saying, so they're doing, they doing all kinds of biblical, symbolic stuff like that. And you know, and and uh, you know, and a lot of it ain't right, you know. And you know, again, nobody right. knows the hour of the day, so you know, so there these people doing good. all the stuff Bad right hour. here, you know, they just doing something. Right, right. Scaring right. you so they you're, can do that. You're not scaring you so you'll let them do whatever it is they want to do. That's all they do. The whole program is. So we need to, we, we right. don't need to learn their game. We need to, we we need to change the game, not learn the game. Yeah, yeah. Let's change the game. Yeah. Change the game. That's right. That's right. Well, guys, well we're getting close to the. We're getting. I'm sorry, we're getting close to the end. But I want us to talk a little bit about South Carolina, and it's no secret that uh, Jamie Harrison is a fan of mine. Uh, Mr. Anna can tell you, Mr. Arthur, that Jamie Harrison yep. came down to D.C. He was the number two person in the D.N.C. and came down and campaigned with me um, all across Texas. East Texas, rather, when uh, I was running for Congress and brought along mm-hmm. uh, brought along people from uh, Washington with them, brought along, and then there came uh, Sheila Jackson Lee and a lot of uh, the Congress people, uh, Barbara Lee, and they just went with us all across my district trying to talk to uh, the people about getting out to the polls. So I'm ecstatic that uh, Jamie yeah. Harrison is at 48%. He's He's Toe to toe with Lindsey Graham. Toe to toe. And That's so right. I'm pushing, pushing, uh, donating to his campaign. I want him to win that worse than anything. So anybody that's out there listening that can donate to Jamie Harrison's campaign uh, out there in South Carolina, by all means, do so. Five dollars, ten dollars, whatever. But I'm pushing him like crazy because I want yes. him to get rid of. And I know that you guys as well want him to get rid of. Uh, he's a, he's a, a, a smooth politician. Go ahead, Mr. Arthur. What? Don't forget about our boy Mississippi. Uh, well, what's the name of Mississippi? Uh, you know that was in Clinton administration. That brother's running for uh, Senate in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's his name? Um, I forgot. Let me look. Mississippi. You know he was uh, he was agriculture chair for for Clinton. Oh, hey, what's the brother's name? You know he ran he, he ran you know he ran this past time and then he you know he ran so he ran again. He uh, ran he ran for Senate. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh man, what's his brother's name? You know I'm talking about. I thought sure you'd know him. Mississippi twenty twenty Ballotopia. Um we've got I who is he's in in Mississippi. Is it Javon Patrick? Well, is Javon Alabama Mississippi. Mississippi, is he? It, it may be Alabama. Uh Alabama. Alabama. Which is crazy because there's so many voters in the South. 
Then we yeah, added him back in Yeah, 40 times And I tell you this. And you know what? It, it always it always depends also on which which Republican has that particular seat, and we know right. the power of Lindsey Graham, and plus we know that that right. uh, Jamie Harrison was the number two person in the National uh, Democratic uh, Party, and so yeah. uh, I think that's probably uh, two of the reasons why he's getting because uh, I don't even remember who is in that seat. That Mike SB is running against. Who holds that? Right. Uh, I don't it, know. It was, uh, <laughs> it, it, remember, it was an open. It, it was one of. Them, it was one of them. Uh, you remember he ran open. for it when it was when it was like open. I, I guess okay. who, somebody resigned. Remember, and then like and like uh, the governor appointed whoever it was. Uh, oh, remember, that's was right. Lost, Kelly Loeffler. Oh, yeah, oh yes, yes, so yes. And so now the regular right, election, now the regular election is like in November. In other words, that was like a who's gonna replace your right. thing? What they did, all kind of things. So now the actual election, right, uh, is gonna be uh, you know November third. Yeah. So, yes, but I like I said, but my point is, like I said, my point is, the Democratic Party they done neglected uh, our vote in the South yeah. for years and years and years. I understand that's just oh, ridiculous. Oh, no, that's right. And I, and I hope we speak truth to power to them about that. Can I jump in there for a second? Let me tell you what. They're they always on where they can get those most two hundred and seventy electoral colleges. That is and and that has been and I talked to them about that just yesterday last night. I was talking to the representative from the Biden campaign. And I said, okay, you guys can keep playing around with East Texas if you want to. You talk about that you want, and I've been saying that Texas is a battleground state, been saying it for a long time. Ms. Rihanna can tell you yeah. that, a long time. Yeah. And, and so yeah. I said, well, you can play around with Texas if you want to, and you can play around with East Texas if you want to. And I know you want to see MJ Hager win that seat in Texas, but I'm going to tell you, so goes East Texas, so goes Texas. Nobody's going to win exactly. a statewide seat in Texas unless they work East Texas. you got to come by That's us right. to, get, to get that statewide seat. And yes. there, therein lies the issue, Mr. Mr. Arthur. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Rihanna, what's your mm-hmm. Well, yes. the numbers don't lie. The Democrats right. have the, they did better when they uh, in national campaigns when they ran a fifty-state strategy when they didn't neglect right. states. Mm-hmm. They always yep. did right. better, and there's a reason right. for that. And also, how many times have we had full power to change the situation with the electoral college, but we don't do it when we have the power? That's we it. don't do a darn thing about it. That's it. You're right. Well, 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 well Bill That's and Hillary. Look at Bill and Hillary. Look at Bill and Hillary came up with that. That's called a. They call it triangulation. I call it. I call it strangulation. Right. Uh, right. Anyway, they call That's it right. triangulation. Where they just and, 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 and but but what but what that strategy allowed them to do was by focusing on just those states. Uh, if they win, and you didn't hear this, Miss McKellar, if they win, it's called for soccer moms or somebody else. Came and voted. Yes. If they lose, they say because black people didn't vote. Yes. So allow them to say so allow them to right say the whole up. thing both ways, and then and, yep. and then by derivation, we don't you know we don't get nothing. 
That's right. Right. But my, but my that's, study that's of it. politics, my, I mean, my, excuse me, I'm sorry, my study of political science, that thing went way back further, way back when they always focused on what they called these states that were battleground states. And that happened yeah. even before President Clinton yeah, came right. into yeah. office. You're right. Yeah, yeah that's this, true. Is, not a, well, this is not a Clinton thing. That's true. Yeah, I know, but they perfected it. Well, I don't know about they that. I'm just it. saying my study. Yeah, they my gave it a name. Of, they, they gave it a name. Tri- yeah, well, they, triangulation. Okay. Right, right. I remember that. I remember that title. I do. I do. You didn't have no name but, for that. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, can I, can I make one more point um, about Jamie Harrison? And this yes, is just for, for anybody out there listening who might be running for office, uh, maybe a Democrat running for office. Look at how Jamie Harrison has been campaigning and follow that strategy, follow that roadmap. He is, I I don't live in his state. (laughs) I live in Kentucky, but I know every single thing that is going on in his campaign every minute of every day because I am updated. He is active. He is, I feel like I'm in his community he campaigns like Dr. McKellar campaigns. <laughs> he's oh, you're so kind. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, in this case, he campaigns the way that he wants the country to be run. He That's campaigns it. for the because he recognized and realized that his vote covers every single state That's in the right. union, and that's, that's how right. you have to campaign. Kitchen table issues that affects everybody around the nation. And it's beautiful. Right. I am enjoying feed watching him. Go ahead, Mr. Yeah. I say, yeah. Can I feed my okay. kids? That's all people want to know. Feed, feed our children. Well, listen, guys, it's 9.58. Boy, the time went quickly. This was an outstanding show. Uh, we want to focus on getting the people to the polls. We know that in Texas, uh, early voting begins October the 13th. Don't wait. Go there that first day. Send your ballot in. I'm 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 going to do mine by mail, but I'm going to take it and drop it off to them. I'm going to make sure that I'm counted on the right day, on the first day of early voting. I'm going to be counted by carrying mine right down there and putting it into the hands of our election office. Remember, if you know anybody out there that is not registered to vote, October the fifth, my birthday is the last day to register uh, to vote. And so let's get them to the polls, let's get them to get registered, and let's work on our our college students as we honored HBCU uh, week this week. Let's make sure that those students, because they're going to be here on these campuses for four years or more, and they know they're not going back home to vote, get them registered and get them to vote. Thank you, uh, Mr. Arthur. Thank you, Ms. Rihanna. I'm going to turn it over to Ms. Rihanna, and she's going to play our theme song and get us ready uh, to take off for the evening. Thank you, Colin. You were such a good boy tonight. <laughs> he <Rihanna>. sure was. Yeah. <laughs> he appreciates that. <laughs> good night, everybody. Good night. One day when the glory comes, it will be out. It will be out. Oh, one day when the war is won, we will be sure. We will be sure. Oh, glory. 
the heavens, no man, no weapon. Formed against, yes, glory is destined. Everyday women and men become legends. Sins that go against our skin become blessings. The movement is a rhythm to us. Freedom is like religion to us. Justice is juxtaposition in us. Justice for all just ain't specific enough. One son died, his spirit is revisiting us. True and living, living in us. Resistance is us. That's why Rosa sat on the bus. That's why we walk through Ferguson with our hands up. When it goes down, we woman and man up. They say stay down and we stand up. Shots be on the ground. The camera panned up. King pointed to the mountaintop and we ran up. One day when the glory comes, it will be out. It will be When the war is won, we will be sure, we will be sure, oh, no. Glory, glory, oh. Every man, woman, and child Even Jesus got his crown in front of a crowd They march with the torch, we gon' run with it now Never look back, we done gone hundreds of miles From dark roads, heroes, to become a hero Facing the league of justice, his power was the people Enemy is lethal, a king became regal Saw the face of Jim Crow under a bald ego The biggest weapon it's to stay peaceful, we sing Our music is the cuts that we bleed through Somewhere in the dream we had an epiphany Now we right the wrongs in history No one can win the war individually It takes the wisdom of the elders and young people's energy Welcome to the story we call victory The coming of the Lord, my eyes have seen the glory One day when the glory comes It will be
and they might not be that defense and just let the Saints go right down the field. Now four and a half minutes left, since they scored so fast, they don't have to do the onside kick because they have a timeout and a two-minute run. And it took three minutes off the clock. They move the eight plays six or seven yards. Rather a good extra point here on Tumble. Cross-train. All these offensive linemen doesn't just 
birds or other, who ate all those surprisingly hot Cheetos snacks? Anyone wants to come clean, now's the time. We won't be mad. We just want to know the truth. I really do in this one. But we were robbed. That's the only thing I've got. It's the Cheetos thing.
find and honor the veterans in your family. Your stories move on. Ahead questions. As Stanley FEMA, we love home. It's why we started cleaning over seven years ago and why we still continue today. Whatever home needs to do, we're ready when you are to make sure your state is clean and that you and the ones you care about most are safe. Donald Trump. This is the most important election in the history of our country. Joe Biden. Donald Trump doesn't understand duty, honor, country. The most anticipated election. Biden wants to surrender another region of the virus. He knew how deadly it was. He's following the radical left agenda. I look like a radical socialist in a soft spot for rioters. Really? The first presidential debate watches live on CNN. Special coverage next Tuesday starting at 7 Eastern. I didn't want to talk. She just sat with me. That was all I really needed. It took me from being really depressed to feeling like somebody tried to give me some hope. Just that one text. I'm here to pick up Aaron Walton, but you're not Miss Walton's regular driver. I'm just impressed. I forgot about that. Wait, wait, I don't. Did she say your driver was me? Yeah, why? Maybe you should call your dad and make sure. Hey,
Yeah. 